When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Single Tracks Brutal Weekend is happening March 31st and April 1st, 2018, and registration is strictly limited to 75 riders. Join us at Mulberry Gap to ride some of the best mountain bike trails in Georgia and enjoy craft beer from Oscar Blues with your lunch after the ride. Go to mulberrygap.com to register today. This podcast is brought to you by Ninja Mountain Bike Performance. To find mountain bike skills clinics in your area, go to ridelikeaninja.com. Hey everybody, welcome to the Single Tracks Podcast. My name is Jeff and today Leah and Greg and I are going to be talking about wildlife on the mountain bike trail. From the outside, it might appear that mountain bikers are living the wildlife, but one of the reasons many of us ride is simply to catch a glimpse of the wildlife. We're going to share some of our own experiences with wildlife on the trail and also talk about some extreme cases of wildlife encounters that have been in the news over the last few years. And finally, we're going to share tips for dealing with various animals that one might encounter on the mountain bike trail. Let's start off by talking about some of our personal encounters with wildlife. What are some of the things, Greg, that you've seen while you're biking? I've actually bumped into quite a bit of wildlife. I've not ever had like a really negative encounter, but some of my favorite encounters are seeing uh, bears on the trail. I I love seeing like really big wildlife. Thankfully, I've never seen a grizzly bear. And the only bears I've seen are black bears, and they always seem more scared of me than I am of them. One of my favorite ones was the first time I ever went on a night ride. I'd just gotten a light in for review on single tracks. This was years ago when I was living in Georgia, and I headed out for a solo night ride. And I had just come down like a dirt road, crossed a bridge over a stream, and it was pedaling up the opposite side. And I heard a big rustling in the undergrowth right next to me. And then right out of the undergrowth came this big black bear. And it was running basically straight for me. But since I was on a dirt road... Right before it hit me, it turned and just started loping along beside me, like just easy as you please, like I could have reached out and touched it. <laughs> um, I was like in shock for a few seconds. I was like, what is going on? And I like grabbed on the brakes to let it get out in front of me and sort of got out in front of me and then crossed my path and carried up on into the woods. Wow. So that's officially the closest I've ever been to a bear, but it was quite the, quite the experience for sure. Yeah, I'm jealous. I've never seen a bear in the wild, you know, even after years of biking and backpacking and camping and hiking, never seen one in the wild. I think the closest I came was a ride that you and I were doing together, Greg, and up at the Bull Mountain Trail System in North Georgia. You were in front of me and I came up on you and you were stopped and you're like, oh, I, I just saw a bear. And I was like, where is it? Where is it? It was gone by the time I caught up. So that's that's probably my closest to getting to a bear. But yeah, you mentioned night riding and I do a lot of that. And yeah, I feel like I tend to see a lot of animals at night, maybe more than I do during the day, I guess, because, you know, you can come up on them and surprise them a little bit. One of the animals that I hate seeing the most are possums. 
those things really creep me out. Like, I don't know why they look like ghosts at night. And like, it's almost like all the ones I see, hopefully they're not rabid, but all the ones I see, they're never afraid of me. They just kind of like stand their ground and just stare right into the headlights. And I've had, I even had some of them like kind of hiss at me and stuff. And those things are just, they're nasty animals. They got big teeth and <laughs> claws. Claws. Yeah. I mean, you think of like, everybody says they're lazy and you know, they're just like hanging out in trees. But every time I've seen them, they're just like nasty. They look pretty vicious. Uh, those are sloths, Jeff. I think those are, the lazy ones are sloths. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I always get those two confused. Leah, you've had some wildlife encounters of the insect kind, right? <laughs> Insects. Don't we love those creepy crawlies? Let's see. One of the early times when I first started mountain biking, maybe we've all been there. We were or I was a little bit scared of riding across the little wooden bridges. And so I remember, I guess it was maybe in North Carolina, one of the trails out there, getting a little nervous coming upon this little bridge that went over. I don't think there was even any water below it. It was just a a bunch of brush and a little bank. And I started creeping across the bridge and I kind of freaked out, didn't think I was going to make it. And I bailed off my bike into the bank, landing on what I thought were some nice fallen leaves. However, under the leaves was a bee's nest because I got up and I was brushing the leaves off me and I could hear the buzzing and I could feel them kind of just all around me, front to back. And I think, Jeff, you were behind me. You must have helped because I was just waving frantically and (laughs) rolling around and jumping up and down. I was kind of freaking out even more then. Yeah, the biggest challenge was getting the bike out of there. Like, Leah got out. I don't know if I pulled you out of the gully or if you, like, climbed up on your own. But after that, we were like, how do we get the bike out? Like, it was, like, right on top of the bee's nest. And they were just, like, pissed off bees, like, all swarming around it. And nobody wanted to get in for the bike. But, yeah, the same, I mean, same thing happened to me with bees at night. I think all of mine are going to be at night pretty much. But, (laughs) yeah, same thing. Like, a group of us rolled over a bee's nest that was in the ground and is at night so nobody could see anything. And all of a sudden, you know, first guy goes through and starts shouting and and then the person behind him comes through and is like, what's going on? And then all of a sudden he's getting stung and all of us, there were probably like five or six of us getting stung. And it's terrible at night because you can't see them and people are stripping their jerseys off and like trying to get at all the bees and can't even see where they're coming from. Nasty. Yeah, I got a bit a bunch of times that time mostly like on my back and legs I mean it must have been a good dozen number of stings or or something but there is this one other time um, you think a dozen stings sounds bad but try getting stung on your mouth so there was a time we moved to Colorado remember Jeff and we were like just cruising I think you know how it is in Colorado you climb and you climb and you climb and you finally get to the downhill I can't even remember what trail it was on But we were just flying downhill, and of course, I'm like grinning wildly because I'm like so glad we're finally speeding up and going fast. And sure enough, guess what flies right into my mouth? A bee. (laughs) (laughs) And it stings me right on my upper lip. I think I spit it out. I don't remember eating it. I I probably spit (laughs) it out or, or something. But what was so tragic about that is my lips swole up the size of like, you know, a baseball And then this was the day or two days before I was starting my new job on Monday at Intel. So I had to show up at work with this giant 
fat lip and meet a whole <laughs> bunch of new people. And I was talking like, wow. yeah, yeah, it was pretty embarrassing, but right. I yeah. survived. That was the most traumatic part. I think the pain was nothing compared to the embarrassment that you were <laughs> sure that you're going to feel after being stung by a bee. And hearing your stories, I have actually had a few of those myself. One that really sticks out in my mind is uh, I was downhilling at Crested Butte Mountain Resort and I was almost to the bottom. And, you know, a lot of resort trails will go through like a what's a ski trail in the winter. So it's basically a big open field. So there are a bunch of bees flying around, I guess, just to the flowers. And I was wearing a full face helmet and a set of goggles and a bee like flew up. It got caught between my helmet and my goggles and was just stinging me on the face and like right next to my eye. Um, But like you, when that happens, you just sort of like react, you know, you don't necessarily think so like the, my first instinct was to protect my eyes. So I'm literally flying down the trail. I take both hands off the handlebars, start like (laughs) lapping at my face. I crash in the process, obviously, you know, (laughs) but it was like, I was like, ah, that little bee, seriously. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, some helmets have like the little bug net or, you know, something in the vents to keep bugs out but yeah it wouldn't have helped you if it's between your goggles and your helmet that sounds really painful yeah it was no bueno so i feel your pain leah not not fun well yeah speaking of poisonous stingy bitey things greg you've seen you've seen your fair share of snakes on the trail haven't you I have. Most of the snakes I've seen, again, I've been in Georgia. Maybe it's just partially due to all the time I spent riding in Georgia. But before I moved there, I didn't realize how many snakes there were. But I've seen a lot um, riding in the mountains of North Georgia. One that really comes to mind is uh, one time I was flying around a corner leading the group, and there's just a copperhead basking in the trail just strung out and I like bunny hopped like straight over him because I was going too fast to like stop or do anything about it. But we've come across, you know, rattlers curled up in the trail before where we'd have to like get off our bikes and like walk around through the woods and take it easy. You know? Yeah. Yeah. The closest snake issue I've had was actually hiking. Summer almost got bit by one in Loveland, Colorado, but thankfully nothing too bad happened. Wow. Yeah, Leah, just a couple of weeks ago, you saw a snake on the trail, right? I did when we were in Florida and, you know, I don't know what's scarier, like being surprised by a snake that's kind of camouflaged, you know, kind of sand and dirty colored in the trail, or what I saw, like a black as death, <laughs> three foot long, I don't know, maybe it was eight foot, it was really long snake. Eight just foot like, long snake, that would be impressive. <laughs> it seemed like it was eight foot. It was kind of like curled around. It was kind of taking a long time, as it seemed, to cross the trail. So that's what made me think it was really long. So it was a long black snake making its way across the trail, seemingly slow, as I bailed off of my bike. And, you know, as you're falling, you're wondering, oh, no, because of my whole bee's nest incident, I'm, like, terrified that I'm going to fall into some you kind of snake right nest. fall right onto it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what's funny about snakes, I remember uh, seeing one at Buffalo Creek in Colorado. And, you know, it was, it was a brown snake. I don't know. I don't know if it was poisonous or not. And I'm not generally afraid of snakes. Um, but this one was, you know, just right in the middle of the trail and I swerved to avoid it. But the problem was after that, every single root that I saw, I was convinced was a snake. <laughs> and even going back to that same trail, like, you know, many times over the years, in that same area, 
I would see a snake every time, like in my mind. It wasn't a real snake, but every root was like snake, snake, and it's that's not yeah, a good right. feeling can we, to have. Can we talk, stop talking about snakes? I'm gonna have <laughs> nightmares. All right, sorry to disappoint you, Lee. I got another creepy crawly thing for you: tarantulas. <laughs> and this one, oh. I didn't know. I didn't know that tarantulas were like native to North America. I mean, I don't, I never really thought about where they come from. I just seen you know people have them as pets or like they're in you know, scary movies and stuff, but there are actually wild tarantulas at the Gooseberry Mesa trails in St. George. And it's kind of a seasonal thing. I think it's like the fall is when they, they're most active and you have a good chance to see them. But yeah, I remember seeing them there just like walking around on the trail and on some of the dirt roads around there. And those things are, I mean, they're impressive. They're really big and like meaty looking insects. And for the most part, I guess they don't really mess with people. Yeah, I've heard they often don't even sting you. Like they'll just be crawling around and some people go out, like hold them in their hands. I'm like, nah, I'm okay without touching it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they just exist to scare people, I think. All right, so another group of animals that I've seen a lot are coyotes. And especially it's kind of surprising, maybe not so much now because you hear about this a lot, but even on urban night rides here in Atlanta, we see them every now and then, you know, coyotes just kind of hanging out. They don't like to be seen. So, you know, as soon as you come through, they're usually pretty quick to get out of the way. But uh, we recently, one of our neighbors put a game camera up in the backyard and caught a pair of coyotes, you know, just kind of walking around through the backyard pretty regularly, right? That kind of freaked you out too, didn't it, Leah? Yeah, they're kind of right there behind our bedroom window. I remember the night that he showed me some of that coyote cam footage. I had a nightmare. <laughs> Surprise! I, it wasn't really very scary, but um, I had a nightmare that like coyotes, a pack, many, many, many coyotes were surrounding our house, like looking out the window and seeing a lot of coyotes and trying to lock the kids in the house saying, don't go outside. There's coyotes out there. I think the ones maybe around us, they look like they've been eaten pretty well. Maybe some other small animals are out there. So hopefully they're well fed and they're not going to bother us. Yeah. That reminds me of one animal attack that actually happened to me. I wasn't actually mountain biking, but I I might as well have been. I was out running at night uh, near our house and an owl swooped down out of a tree and attempted to pick me up by the head. <laughs> what? And yeah, so I, I guess best I can tell, you know, the owl thought that I was a mouse or some kind of furry rodent, you know, he just saw like the top of my head bobbing around and... Oh, is this when you had the long hair? Uh, maybe. Maybe it was the long hair. It's a good thing I got a haircut. But yeah, I could just see, I was running on the street and I could see this shadow above me just like you know, kind of following me for a second. I was like, huh, that's weird. What is that? And then all of a sudden I felt like this pinch on my head. And then I see this owl like swoop back up and fly away. I was like, huh. And apparently, you know, I've told people about this and somebody was telling me like people have died that way. Like, cause owls are, they're strong enough to like pierce your skull with their talons or whatever. So I guess I was lucky. It wants your brains, Jeff. Yeah. So always wear your helmet. Because I don't think they can get through helmets. <laughs> I, I could just see you trail running with your helmet and be great. <laughs> right, right. That's why it's a that's why it's a running story, not a bike story. But I, I'm sure bikers have been accosted by 
owls from time to time. We hear them all the time, which is really cool. And you can see them too. You know, you'll hear one and you shine your light around up in the trees and spot them. And they usually just kind of hang out there. They're not really scared by lights or anything. So it's, it's fun to watch them and just, yeah, see them chilling up in a tree. Greg, you saw a turkey in a tree on a night ride, right? I didn't know turkeys went up in trees. Tell us about that. Me neither until I was riding under it. It was crazy, man, because those birds are big and it was roosting in a tree. There's like two or three of them roosting in a tree right above the trail. And we were riding right under it, you know, with our lights. And all of a sudden I hear just this massive like whooshing, like crashing noise, like right above my head. Start freaking out. Turns out it was just some turkeys we scared out of a tree that were sleeping. (laughs) Wow. That's crazy. Speaking of big animals, you also have seen moose when you're riding in Colorado, right, Greg? Yeah. Moose are some of the coolest animals to me. I love those things. I've seen one moose in Colorado. Well, sorry, one moose while riding in Colorado, which makes it all the more special, right? And it's sort of scared up under the you know, out of the undergrowth and started running down the trail in front of me. I tried to go and get a picture of it, but didn't quite catch up to it, which is probably not what you're supposed to do, (laughs) but it's always good. One time I actually, one of the coolest general wildlife encounters, I didn't include it on my list because, you know, I wasn't even close. There's nothing negative about it, but one of the coolest things I've ever seen was uh, riding up on the Continental Divide and we were way above tree line and you know so it's just wide open you can see a long distance i see some movement down the ridge and there's just a whole herd of bighorn sheep just running down this like high alpine like mountain ridge and i don't know for some reason like i tried to again try to get a photo didn't turn out but it was one of the coolest things like i've ever seen um with like those four-legged guys running around yeah pretty fun that's awesome those are pretty impressive beasts speaking of beasts Leah, you've ridden with cows. Cows? Right? Oh. They're pretty. I thought you said beef. <laughs> See what I did Beefs. there? Beefs. Yeah, in California, I guess it was one of the county parks in San Jose when I used to live there. It was probably my first mountain bike ride. I wanted to just get a lay of the land, and there are a lot of nice hills out there. And getting, if you get off the single track and you can get on a lot of the fire roads out there, <laughs> A lot of times you'll have to like open a gate and cross into of a meadow or a pasture type area to continue going on the trail. And I had to do this a number of times until, you know, it wasn't until the second or third time that I actually saw what it was for. It was, you know, where cows are kept and they have just all that land to graze. You know, fortunately, it was from a distance. It was, it was just something really new to me to see just cows spread out there and they didn't seem like they were wanting to harm anybody or (laughs) I didn't see any stampeding cows. Um, I hope that that's still the case out there, but apparently they could coexist on mountain bike trails. Yeah, that's true. That reminds me of a time when we were on a bikepacking trip and it was a hut to hut trip and we had been riding a long time all day. It was the biggest climb of the day and Uh, We're getting toward the end of it, and we had taken a wrong turn, and we came upon this group of cattle. I guess they were, you know, free range or whatever. A rancher had them sort of grazing in this, like, mountain. I mean, I guess you would call it a – it wasn't like a ravine. It was more of a – I don't know what you call it. But anyway, they were all kind of in this small area, and then 
as we started getting closer to the cows, we heard a bull and he was like, you know, making bull noises and he was staring us down. And I swear to you, you could see the steam like coming out of his nostrils when he was making these sounds, you know, it was like out of a cartoon or something. So at that point we were like, we are not going any farther. And we're like, maybe let's look at the map. And we were like, Oh, sure enough, this is the wrong way. So we didn't have to try to pass by the bull because this guy, he was not having us coming through there at all. He was protecting his cows. And that's freaky. That's one thing I would not want to mess with. No, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of animals you don't want to mess with, have you seen mountain lions before Greg? So I've never seen a mountain lion standing still. I've only ever seen the back half of a mountain lion on the run. But I've seen that three times now. And yeah, we're talking about a lot of animals here. And lots of times people are like, oh, scared of black bears or coyotes. Or I've seen quite a few bobcats, scared of bobcats. The one thing I'm truly terrified of are mountain lions. Um, because those things, if they decide they want you, they are deadly. Um, so I've seen a mountain lion twice in a car at night crossing the road in front of me, again, just the back half of it. But one time I saw the back half of one disappearing off into the brush uh, here in Colorado. And it was probably one of the most remote mountain bike rides I've done here in Colorado. I mean, it was way out in the middle of nowhere. It was one of those where you go down a dirt, you know, go down a paved road for a couple hours and then you turn on a dirt road, go down the dirt road for like a half an hour or more. And then you start riding off into the middle of nowhere, you know? And, uh, Thankfully, didn't want me and was going the other direction. So uh, I would hate for it to be the alternative. I don't have any data on this, but in some zones in Colorado, it's said that every time you go out in the mountains, a mountain lion sees you. You just never see it. So <laughs> whoa, that's creepy. Those things are, you know, if they decide they want you, they're lethal. Yeah. Well, this is a nice segue into the next segment where we're going to talk about uh, some wildlife encounters in the news, mountain bikers who have been, you know, either attacked or, you know, have had really extreme encounters with wildlife. So one of them that comes to mind, I feel like we've, we've seen or heard about several cases like this where a mountain lion has attacked a mountain biker and it usually seems to happen in California. Do you, Greg, do you have the details on any of these stories or one of the more recent ones? Yeah, I just read up on this to refresh my memory, and uh, it was a guy out at, oh crap, I'm going to get the name wrong. I believe it was Wilder Ranch in Orange County. I remember I actually rode Wilder Ranch one time, and there's a sign on the trail, and it said, trail closed because of mountain lion sighting. I'm like, you saw a mountain lion a week ago, and the trail's still closed? So I went and rode the trail anyway. Don't do that, folks. But <laughs> turns out, you know, they started posting these signs because a guy was killed out there back in 2004, I want to say it was. And as best they can tell, he was leaning down to fix a broken chain on his bike, um, potentially. He was solo out there in the woods. But, you know, generally mountain lions don't attack humans, but they do go for smaller game. So the experts think the human crouched down looked like a smaller animal, something that a mountain lion would be more likely to prey on and uh, pounced on him, killed him. And, but that led into another attack a few days later because the mountain lion killed this guy, dragged him off the trail. And another mountain biker came by close to the kill a couple days later. And while he was defending his kill, he attacked this second mountain biker, Um, but her friends dragged her away. Um, Like he had, grabbed her by the skull they dragged her away and she made a recovery thankfully but yeah 
pretty pretty wild stuff. A lot of the reasons we hear about these things in California are because of the expansion of you know the population and the living centers there, you know, up into the mountains, into mountain lion terrain. I mean, we're getting the same thing here in Colorado too, as houses get closer and closer to the mountains and more and more people are in these zones, but higher likelihood of run-ins in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. Mountain lions are definitely not to be trifled with. Another animal that we've heard, I don't, I don't know. I couldn't think of any attacks, but you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, uh, are bears. And we've seen, I feel like we've seen a few videos recently too, where people had near misses with bears or, you know, bears running across the trail. I think there's even been some fake ones too, which kind of like makes it all the more confusing about like what's, what's really happening and what's not. But can you guys think of any recent examples of bear encounters that people have had? We ran a story, I think, last year uh, about a run-in near the Horse Tooth Reservoir in Montana, which is pretty close to where I used to live in Montana, like less than an hour. And there's a guy who was riding a trail there, and as best they can tell, he actually like ran into a grizzly bear and it mauled him and killed him. And then people got all up in arms about the grizzly bear doing that, (laughs) doing grizzly bear things. Um, But yeah, when you're riding in... You know, black bears are one thing in the lower 48 at least, but grizzly bears are something else entirely. You know, my uh, father-in-law actually has a fascination with grizzly bear attack stories, which seem he scares the crap out of himself. So whenever he goes to Montana, <laughs> he doesn't want to go do anything. But there are a lot of stories, uh, usually not involving mountain bikers. So I think that one's a rarity as a result. But hiking, you know, things in Glacier National Park, um, those are big beasts. Yeah, definitely. Definitely one that people, I think, yeah, have a healthy respect for already. And so, yeah, they're not going to mess around if they do see a bear and they'll know to avoid it for sure. Another example that comes to mind from the interwebs is a video that was out, it must have been a few years ago now, where a couple of guys are riding somewhere that it seems it looks like Africa or somewhere like it's almost like they're on safari. They're riding down this single track trail that's kind of in an open area. And out of nowhere, this antelope like jumps over the trail and takes a guy out. Oh, yeah, they're pretty high speed animals, aren't they? Right up there with the cheetahs. So I think I kind of remember that video thing coming right out of the screen not the screen i mean you know <laughs> it was a 3d video yeah <laughs> they're pretty fast yeah yeah it's pretty incredible to think about that and and what's funny too i mean i guess a lot of animals when they see a mountain biker they they think that you're an animal you know in some cases and so they're just they're just doing their animal things and trying to avoid other animals or prey on other animals and that's when things can get interesting. Yeah. Do you think that antelope, I can't remember now, was it like just running along and just the <laughs> physics of it, the timing was so that the mountain biker was traveling at his speed in the perpendicular direction and they <laughs> collided? Or do you think that the antelope like was like a hungry beast? And I don't think they eat people. Well, well you know. Maybe. Or meat you know what I mean? even. Right? I don't know. I don't know what an antelope <laughs> so is. is. But they do have horns. They they do look quite dangerous. Yeah. Or I mean what what happens a lot too is mountain bikers will flush wildlife out. So if they're if you're like in a big group and some of the guys up in front of you, you know, scared a group of antelope, they might start running, you know, in the opposite direction and 
run right into the back of your group. So you never know. All right. Well, that's a good segue into our next topic, which is tips for dealing with wildlife encounters. But first, we're going to take a break to hear from our sponsors. Stay tuned. Are you ready for a big boost in your riding confidence? Learn everything from the fundamentals of mountain biking to advanced skills, including how to accelerate through corners, how to ride drops and steep transitions with ease, or finally learn how to jump. Events scheduled throughout the U.S. Use promo code SINGLETRACKS at checkout for 50% off any clinic, camp, or adventure. Check out RideLikeAninja.com to find an event near you. That's RideLikeAninja.com. And don't forget to use promo code SINGLETRACKS for 50% off. We're back. All right, let's talk about tips for wildlife encounters, particularly tips that are going to be helpful for mountain bikers. So number one on my list is don't haze the wildlife. This is, I think this is one of the tenets that Imba uses, and maybe it's part of Leave No Trace. I get confused with all of those, but uh, basically it says, you know, respect wildlife. Don't do anything to intentionally spook it or harm it. Do you guys have any specific tips around that? Are there things like, like what do you do if you if you see a snake, right? Like, I don't know, maybe some people's first intention is to is to kill it, to destroy it, throw a rock at it. But that's not always the best thing, right? Yeah, the best thing generally is to go around, you know, something if it's in your way and just let it go do its thing. Like, don't try to mess with it. It's going to go off. It's going to leave you alone unless you get too close. So, you know, be like, usually people get bit. Um, Statistically speaking, people get bit most often by rattlesnakes and poison snakes while trying to kill them. So if you just leave the snake alone, you'll be okay. Yeah. Um, Generally speaking. Right. Yeah. And that's what makes it want to kill you is you're trying to kill it. It's it's only fair. Yeah. And I, I know I've felt, I felt guilty about hurting wildlife intentionally, you know, sometimes run over a frog in the trail or something like that, that seems kind of unavoidable, but you should always do your best to avoid harming wildlife because not only, you know, is it, is it the right thing to do? But I mean, that's part of mountain biking, you know, you want to respect that wildlife. People enjoy seeing that stuff, right? So it's supposed to be there. It's supposed to coexist. And so leave it alone. I think another aspect of this that Imba talks about quite frequently is riding in open range areas like Leo was talking about, um, because that's actually really common out West. And as a result, you know, a lot of times there's collaboration between the trail builders, the mountain bike club, and sometimes these trails go through private land, uh, even that's private ranch land. Um, but in order to maintain that relationship, you've got to be nice to the cattle. One thing that some bikers do is run cattle, which is where you scare like the a group of cows up and you basically chase them down the trail. So there's you're almost sort of hurting them, which is not a great thing to do. Sometimes I'm not quite sure how you avoid it, but it's just like Imba says, don't do that intentionally. You know, like it makes for a good video. Um, we've seen some videos like that, but it's not something you you want to be doing. Yeah, that's a really good point. It can it can lead to trail closures and things like that. And and again, it's not good for the animals. Okay, another general tip is just to give wildlife a respectful distance when you spot them. Greg, how do you do that? And how do you know when you're you know at a appropriate distance away from an animal, especially if you if you really just want to check it out, you want to see it. 
Yeah, one of the things you probably don't want to do is go check it out. You know, it's uh, but that's a, a tough temptation to fight. I feel that same thing. You know, uh, if you've got a camera with a telephoto lens, that will make your life much easier. But <laughs> whatever you do, don't act like the Yellowstone tourists who see a buffalo and then they go a few feet from the buffalo to get a selfie with it. Doing that will get you mauled. Um, a good example of an animal that will maul you is uh, a moose. Moose are actually incredibly dangerous. Um, animals like deer, elk, bighorn sheep, they generally run. Moose, moose can be extremely aggressive. So, you know, if you see a moose like I did and I wanted to go get a picture of it, not necessarily like the best idea. Yeah. Yeah. Use your eyes. Just enjoy the moment and move on. Don't, don't push your luck. That's good advice. So on the topic of maintaining a respectful distance, one key piece of advice I've always heard referencing bears is don't get between a mama bear and her cubs. And every time I heard somebody say that, I'm like, how stupid do you have to be to get between a mama bear and her cubs? Till I was riding on the Colorado Trail near, near Leadville in October. And I was riding along and I was leading the group and I scared up a couple bears out of the undergrowth to my left. And it was a mom and a cub. The cub hopped on the trail and just went peeling off straight down the trail, the direction I was heading, like running away from me. But mom sat up on her haunches and just stared at me. So <laughs> oh. I was like, came screeching to a halt. I was because if I continued riding, I would have ended up between mom and her cub, you know. So I was just like, I'm just gonna sit here, mom, and let you like move on when you're ready to move on, you know. Yeah. So that that can actually happen if you're not paying attention. So when you do see wildlife like that, it's good to like take stock, look around, and see what else is going on around you before you keep going. Yeah, that's great advice. Some animals are actually spooked by mountain bikes, and this can pose an issue for people around them and for the animals themselves getting injured. Um, and one example is horses. Horses are deathly afraid, you know, almost comically, but in a dangerous sort of way, afraid of mountain bikes. Greg, you've had some encounters with horses while on your bike. Tell us a little about that. Yeah, you know, and equestrians are another trail user, so it's really good to know how to deal with them and in a respectful way so everybody stays safe and nobody gets hurt. And the best thing to do is to pull off to the side of the trail, step off the trail, and stand between your bicycle and the horse and then talk to the horse and the rider uh, as they come by. If you're talking to them, they generally know, hey, this is a human being, like he looks sort of funny, he's got some bright clothes on, but you know, it's another human. But sometimes things happen that can be unavoidable. One in particular, I was riding at Bull Mountain in Georgia, which is extremely popular with horses. And before the trail was rerouted, partially probably to prevent this, uh, the old Bull Mountain Trail came around a tight corner at the bottom and popped out into a big meadow. And um, before the new alignment, you couldn't see anything in the meadow until you popped out of it, uh, out of the trail and out of the woods. And I came down, um, I came around the corner and my disc brakes squealed a little bit as I came out of the trail. And it was maybe, it was all the way on the other side of the meadow. They're probably standing over a hundred feet away from me, but there are three horse people standing next to their horses, but I wasn't anywhere close. Like I 
grab the brakes to like slow down, but still something spooked that one of those horses and he reared up again. The guy was holding the reins, standing on the ground. The horse reared up. The guy tried to like control it, um, but the horse knocked its owner over and then took off and just ran down the trail in the other direction, like out of sight, like just gone. And they're just staring at me, giving me the <laughs> death ram. Like, I'm like, I'm really sorry. Like I didn't do anything, you know, like I'm not even close to you. Uh, but they didn't say a word to me. I was tried to apologize, but then I was like, well, I'm going to move on, I guess. So, um, you know, sometimes you can't avoid those things, but it's best to be as, as cautious and heads up as possible to try to um, mitigate any negative circumstances. Yeah. So, I mean, I've, I've had similar encounters where people have yet yeah, almost lost control of horses or almost fallen off. And, you know, the, the tips I would give are one to avoid trails, uh, where, you know, there are going to be a lot of horse riders, you know, honestly, like it's not worth it, especially if you're going to be encountering a lot of them and, you know, you're going to have to be getting off your bike and, you know, getting back on, like, that's just not fun for anybody. So my thing is I avoid trails where I find they're just a lot of horseback riders. And then the other thing is I don't mess around. Like if I see a horse coming the opposite way on a trail, I'll do like you said, Greg, I'll get off the bike, get on the side of the trail. I usually will lay my bike down on the ground, like won't even, you know, be standing beside it. And, you know, again, do like you're saying, talk to the horse and the rider, try to reassure them that, you know, you're not a threat, but yeah, I, I just hate it. And, and you never know, like some horses are okay, but a lot of them are not. Maybe it's a genetic thing. Maybe like the next generation of horses, they'll know, you know, because like mountain biking, it's relatively new, but maybe people can train horses to get over it. <laughs> there are some horses that are better accustomed to bikes than others, you know, and you horse riders um, that are really conscientious tend to train their horses to be not scared of bikes. Um, but it's a process that, you know, has to be gone through. One thing I'd be interested to hear your opinion on this, Jeff. Uh, lots of times, I think the general advice is to like get off the trail in the downhill direction. So the horse is sort of traveling above you. Cause if you think of a bench cut trail, normally it's going along the side of a hill, but while I get off the trail and give them distance, I don't like to go downhill because all of a sudden my face is at the level of a hoof, yeah. you know? So yeah. I tend to like, I'll get off the trail and give them space, but I like to go uphill into like a position of power and dominance a little <laughs> bit more which yeah. maybe the horse doesn't like but i feel better about it at least yeah that's a good question i i never really give it that much thought because i'm always as soon as i see them i'm just like i need to get out of the way you know the easiest way possible and yeah it's a hassle either way you know going up the hill or down the hill and being scared of the horse like again i just i just assume like avoid that place and not ride there which is tough because like you said you know, Bull Mountain is super popular with horseback riders and, and it's a great place to ride. So yeah, maybe just stick to the trails where the horse riders don't like to go. Well, I think horses, they're also like dogs and some other animals where they can kind of sense fear. So it sounds like Jeff uh, just, maybe. just totally avoiding Fearful. the trails. But I respect are- <laughs> them. I'm not, I'm not scared of them, but I, I have a very healthy respect yeah. for horses. Well, I'm not afraid to admit that I'm scared of pretty much any animal that's bigger than me out on the trail, right? Which is most of them. A horse, a bear, (laughs) some of those cows, right? They're they're bigger. Certain squirrels. (laughs) You were bitten by a horse 
before. So oh, yeah. I mean, horses, they'll, they'll kick you, they'll bite you. They're, That's yeah. true. They're strong. I mean, they're, they're big, big animals, strong animals. And, you know, I think just how they're made, Mother Nature made them so that they can sense um, what they can prey on and what is inferior to them. And so if you're shaking in your bones, like, okay, okay, horsey, I'm at your mercy, you know, that horse is probably going to gonna feel that weird vibe. Yeah. And, you know, I've seen some horses kind of, e- even they're nervous at times too, if they're not fully trained yet or accustomed to being on the trails where other types of people are passing by you never know what can happen but share the trail that's always good advice well let's talk about some tips for dealing with predators specifically you know in the beginning of the show we talked about encounters with some potentially scary animals like bears and mountain lions so what are some tips what are some things one one idea that i had was to make noise if you're trying to keep animals like bears away from you and there are bear bells that you can put on your bike that, you know, jingle along as you roll down the trail and make a lot of noise and keep the bears away. You know, they make them for dogs too. So it's the same idea. Just make a lot of noise and keep them away. Have you guys had experience with that? What do you do to make noise on the trail if you feel like maybe you're in bear country or mountain lion territory? I feel like I probably need to do a better job of this. See, this is where like, I really want to get a really good photo of mountain lion. I just don't want to get eaten by one. <laughs> so like I love seeing bears. I love seeing wildlife. Thankfully, I haven't had like any super negative encounters yet. But yeah, I think one of the issues with biking specifically is that we move fast and quiet, um, generally speaking. So if you're going to make noise, you have to like sort of go out of your way to do it, honestly. Yeah. And that it's kind of that idea is kind of in opposition to the idea of not hazing the animals. You know, you don't want to go into an area and just be like hooting and hollering and, you know, making a lot of noise because you're going to scare away a lot of wildlife and that stresses them out. I remember one time riding, uh, in South Carolina during hunting season and the trails were open. It was all legit. Um, but there were deer hunters in the area. I guess we weren't aware of that. And, um, I remember getting to the top of this climb and I was the first one to the top and this was when I was in high school. And so, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to like goad on the other guys that were behind me and start cheering because I was number one. And I start start screaming in the woods and all of a sudden I hear a shotgun blast go off like feet from my head, it seemed like. And I, you know, spun around and there's a guy in a tree stand right above me. And he gave me this dirty look and was like, You just scared away all my deer for the day. So not always good to make noise, but you know, if it's if you're in bear country, I think I think you're allowed to do it. Well, yeah, you just got to kind of let your instinct kicked in too, right? If you just look down on the ground, hopefully there might be like some sticks. You could bang sticks together. You can bang rocks. You could bang sticks on your bike, whatever you got to do to make some noise and hooting and hollering. If there is a hunter out there and there is a bear, (laughs) then hopefully your hooting and hollering will pay off. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and you're right too with that. Like that, if you do see a bear and it's like eyeing you and is not not running away, then yeah, start banging something, make some noise. What about bear spray or you know these different like repellent type things? You guys think that's a good idea, Greg? Have you ridden with bear spray before? I feel like you and I talked about it when we were in Canada, but I, I've never done it myself. 
I lived in Montana for about a year. I was pretty naive at that point in time at the ripe old age of 18. <laughs> and in retrospect, I should have been carrying bear spray because I was riding solo in the back country, you know, way out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, if you're living in grizzly country, yes, you should definitely carry bear spray. Some people carry bear spray for black bears in the in the lower 48 that that's overkill and my <laughs> black bear is not going to go for you and if you get in a situation where black bear will go for you you're probably screwed anyway so grizzly bears are a different story um you know when i lived in montana people that were in the know they wouldn't go in the woods without protection um montana style most of those people are carrying a 45 but um <laughs> A lot of people are carrying bear spray. Yeah. You bring up a good point, and that is a real thing, that people ride with guns. You know, we had an article. It's been years now, but uh, was very controversial at the time. I'm sure it still is controversial today about riding with a gun as a weapon. But, yeah, plenty of people ride with bear spray. I know when we were in Banff, Alberta, that a lot of the people we rode with there, I feel like almost every one of them was – was packing bear spray. And fortunately we had some good guides with us, so we didn't have to pack our own, but definitely seems like a good idea. And then we didn't talk about, we didn't talk about dogs cause they're not really wildlife. They're like domestic life, but yeah, you know, people, road bikers, especially carry, they can carry that sort of pepper spray stuff to keep dogs away. Cause some dogs like to chase bikers. So something to consider. One bonus of carrying spray over a gun, I won't necessarily get into the gun debate, but like I've thought about carrying a gun on my bike, but then I like go and look at how much a gun weighs and I'm like, <laughs> that's like five to 10 pounds, you know, or depending on how your big your gun is, you know, like a five pound gun is a lot of weight. So bear spray is going to be a heck of a lot lighter Yeah, if you're count, counting grams. I mean, that's not even grams, count pounds, you know, so might as well carry the spray. Yeah, you just gotta you just gotta watch out for the back spray when you do that. Don't get don't get it in your own eyes. All right. So with respect to predator animals like bears and mountain lions, Greg, you had mentioned trail closures due to mountain lions, and we again we saw this in Canada where certain trails are closed for like an entire season. Actually, we just saw this in Florida too. There were some hiking trails. Uh, that were closed, you know, in the month of February because there's bears. I mean, bears are everywhere. I think they're in all 50 U.S. states. So, yeah, trail closures. We definitely want to respect those. Greg, what's your experience with that? It sounds like you in the past maybe have ignored those closures, but what's your take on it now? So the one closure I've ignored was that uh, that mountain lion one, which wasn't like a standing closure like at – an entire time of the year. It was like a recommendation. Yeah. Well, I think it said closed, but <laughs> you know, one thing that's a bit more predictable are a lot of trails in different parts of the nation. Sounds like you saw us in Florida too, Jeff, um, will be closed the cer a certain time of year every year. Um, so as a result, you can sort of plan on that a little bit. We get that here in the West, um, oftentimes for migration times, calving times and mating seasons for different types of animals, um, often elk here in Colorado. And it's really important to respect those closures. It's violating the closure won't put you at risk of death, like vol violating that mountain lion closure might've put me at risk, but a lot of times these trails would have been totally rejected and never built if the seasonal closure hadn't been put into place. And if 
you violate the seasonal closure and the game cam that the Forest Service has set up, has set up like sees you, all of a sudden you're putting access to that trail in jeopardy for the locals and you're putting future trail building in jeopardy as well. Because um, if Forest Service is like, well, mountain bikers don't honor these seasonal closures, so why would we approve another trail with a seasonal closure? Like, it can have implications for the future beyond just your own happiness and enjoyment. Yeah, and the happiness and enjoyment of the animals. You know, we think of it as being for them and like that's the only person or that's the only thing that's going to be affected. But yeah, it can affect other mountain bikers and a lot of other stuff. So that's a really good point. And I like that you mentioned game cameras too, because public service announcement, like game cameras are really cheap and inexpensive and you will never see one. Like somebody will put one on a tree somewhere and you'll blow right by it and never see it. And we're seeing mountain bikers get caught doing stuff they're not supposed to do, like ride trails that are closed or build trails, places they're not supposed to be building trails, uh, poaching trails that they're not supposed to be riding because they're closed to bikes, you name it. Uh, and it's just way too easy to get caught doing that stuff. So be on your best behavior because the game cameras are potentially watching you. One other closure that we see and that I kind of touched on earlier is for hunting seasons. And this one I mean, I guess it's it's kind of related to wildlife, but it's, again, more for the safety of the rider uh, make sure that they don't get shot in the woods because somebody thought they were a deer or a turkey going through. So always respect those closures. And even if trails aren't closed, you're going to want to wear clothing that's bright that, you know, somebody's going to see and they're going to know you're definitely not game that is out there to be hunted. Well, that's all we have on this topic, but we'd love to hear from you. Tell us your stories about wildlife encounters on the Single Tracks forums, on our Facebook page, and in the comments section right here on Single Tracks. We'd love to hear it, and we'd love to hear your tips as well. That's all we have this week. We'll talk to you again next week. Peace.